Revelation chapter 9. Let's go ahead and open with the word of prayer. Jesus, we do rejoice this morning for life, God, and I thank you for little Manu, Lord, and I thank you for everything going so great and smoothly. I thank you for the life you've given us this morning. God, you breathe into us the breath of life, God, and we are alive because of you. And we have another day, another opportunity to live for you, to seek you this morning at church, God, to learn of your word. And so I ask, God, that you would bless your word this morning, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today, that you give us a mind to understand, Lord. May your Holy Spirit bring truth alive and light into our minds and give us a heart to receive the things that you are speaking to us about, that we may change and be transformed by your word. So, Lord, I pray for the anointing of your spirit right now, and we give this time over to you. We put our attention to you, God, and on your word, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 At the end of last year, a farmer in South Africa was killed by his six-year-old pet, Hippopotamus, something different. He named the Hippopotamus Humphrey. The body of Marius Els was found in a river close to his home after being bitten several times they found him in that way. The farmer actually had adopted this hippo at five months old and kept him despite the repeated warnings that Humphrey was a wild animal and could never be tamed. He ended up raising Humphrey here on his 400-acre ranch, played with the hippo, even swam with the hippo. I thought, oh, that's like... Swimming with sharks or something right here in Maui. Uh, he, he rode the animal like a horse, and I guess a video of that went totally viral on the internet. Marius Ellis, the farmer, shared this. He said, uh, earlier he had shared this. He said, he knows it's a little bit dangerous, but he trusts a 2,000-pound animal with his heart. And he says he built this bond saying that Humphrey is like a son to me. The farmer also said this, They think you can only have a relationship with dogs, cats, and domestic animals, but I have a relationship with the most dangerous animal in Africa. And I didn't realize that. I kind of looked it up. But, you know, hippos with that giant, right, teeth, the canine teeth, hippos, they actually uh, say that they kill more people each year than lions, elephants, leopards, buffaloes, and rhinos combined they are known to be real unpredictable and they can even you think hippos can't run they can outrun you that's what they say well sadly all this proved to be true and you got to see that with this article it's not okay to play with hippos you're only putting yourself in danger well as we return to our study here in the book of revelation The sixth trumpet judgment is sounded, and out comes something the world has been dangerously toying with, kind of playing with. It turns out deadly. Out of the sixth trumpet comes 200 million deadly demons. And that's the title of our message this morning. 200 million deadly demons. We're going to be picking up where we last left uh, in our study here. Revelation chapter 9. 
We're going to be looking at verse 13 through 21 this morning. We're going to finish off the rest of this chapter here. And the, our outline is this. Uh, number one, the release of the commanders, the rampage of evil creatures, and number three, the resistance to repentance. So that's our outline for this morning. That's what we're going to be seeing in our section here in this last half of chapter 9. So let's begin with number one, the release of of the commanders, the release of the commanders. Now, if you're taking notes, we're going to be covering verse 13 through 15 in this section. But let's first begin with verse 13 of Revelation chapter 9. Take a look with me here. It says, The sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden Altar. So we'll stop right there. Now we begin here with Apostle John continuing to write his revelation, what he saw, this vision. And, and he says here that the sixth angel blew his trumpet. So this is number six in the trumpet judgment. You remember the seven trumpet judgments? That's what we're covering here. And, and we started out in the last chapter. And so far we've seen this. The first trumpet brings devastation to the vegetation on land. You remember that? We studied that. One-third of the earth was uh, and trees were burned. The earth was burned, and one-third of the trees were, were burned. One-third of the earth, and all green grass was burned. And then there was the second trumpet judgment. The second trumpet brings destruction in the sea. One-third of life in the sea died, and one-third of ships that were on the ocean were damaged. And then the third trumpet brings uh, all the fresh water, they were poisoned. Remember, the, the fresh waters were poisoned. And, uh, excuse me, one-third of all rivers and water in the worldwide was undrinkable. And some even drank and, and died. The fourth trumpet we saw brings darkness in the sky, where one-third, the light of the sun, the moon, and the stars were dimmed down. So light, sunlight, even at night, the stars, they were all dimmed down, one-third of its brightness. And then we saw last time in this chapter, uh, at the beginning part of verse uh, chapter 9, we saw the fifth trumpet. And when it sounded, remember, demon locusts were released into the earth to torment people, right? To, to sting with the pain of scorpions. And people wanted to die. They couldn't die, if you remember. And, and remember, I titled the message, A Taste of Hell. My daughter-in-law saw the message and she was watching online and she's like, oh, what a message. And, you know, but this is what we're seeing with all these trumpet judgments, right? Now, remember I mentioned to you guys the first four trumpets were all natural, physical calamity, right? It, came from, it seemed like it affected nature in a physical way. But the fifth trumpet we saw last time, and I'm going to include what we're going to see today, the sixth trumpet, it brings about a demonic spiritual calamity. And I talked about that last time, if you remember, where the, the physical met with the supernatural and these demons came out and attacked people and people could see these demon locusts going around. Well, well, this, the sixth trumpet is going to be like that too. We saw the natural physical calamity in the first trumpets, but like the fifth, the sixth trumpet is going to bring demonic spiritual calamity. So let's take a look at this right now. In verse 13, the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and then John hears this voice. And this voice comes from the four horns of the golden altar before God. 
So John hears his voice, and, and, and now uh, there's a lot of views on this. Some, some say, well, it's, it's, it's a voice of, of maybe one of the martyrs, or some say it's a voice of an angel, but I tend to really lean toward, and you can study a, a, a lot of this we're looking at on your own, but I tend to lean toward that this is God now. He's giving this command. He's, 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 he's giving this command of releasing of these four commanders, which we're going to see in a moment. But I believe this is God. And now we see in verse 13 that this John hears his voice, and it comes from the four horns of the golden altar. Remember, we saw that golden altar um, back in, in a few chapters back or so. And, and we saw that uh, this was... Uh, uh, the incense altar, that's what I believe it is, the incense altar. And just like the earthly tabernacle or temple in heaven is this incense altar. And, and there's four horns on this golden altar. Now, the four horns are like four projections that look like horns on the corner of this, the top of the square uh, incense altar. And horns in the Bible really re- represent strength and power. And the horns on the altar, you know what? That represents God's power of salvation. Like Psalm 18.2 says, God is the horn of my salvation. Now, also on the bronze altar that's outside of the temple, the incense altar was inside right before the veil, uh, uh, just like outside the bronze altar where, where they put the sacrifices in the earthly temple. There, there was, uh, uh, they put sacrifices there. There was horns there too. And so it was there that the, the sacrifice was made, the atonement was made for sins, and people could find salvation there. So we see the horns on this golden altar, which I believe is a, a heavenly counterpart of the earthly one, the incense altar. And we saw, if you remember in our studies, that this, this is where in the earthly uh, incense altar where the incense was was given and it, the incense burned and rose up to the sky to to the heavens basically and it represents the prayer of the people and then we saw didn't we here in the trumpet judgment before it started in chapter eight that this angel right in chapter eight verse five takes fire from the altar the incense altar, and threw it on the earth, and out came thunder, lightning, and earthquake. It was the announcement of this fire of judgment coming down upon the earth. Now, once a year, on the Day of Atonement, uh, the incense altar usually was for the incense, but once a year, on the Day of Atonement, the priest offered up a sin offering on the incense altar. We see this in Leviticus 4, and that fire of judgment burned a sacrifice to make atonement so that uh, there would be salvation so the priest actually could go into the holiest holy so i'm putting all this together putting this out to you because here in verse 13 we find something interesting to me god i believe it's god's voice speaks from the four horns of the altar to show you know what this trumpet judgment is still part of his judgment. This trumpet that's coming out is part of his judgment. God is going to use the demonic spiritual calamity to come out into the world as he did with the fifth trumpet. And so with the sixth trumpet, this demonic activity is going to go out and it's still part of judgment falling on the world. 
God is allowing this. God is using these demons to do this. And so God speaks from the four horns of the altar to show this trumpet is still part of his judgment. You know, we, all, we, we find in the Old Testament, too, on the Day of Atonement, one of the rituals the Jewish priests did was to take the blood from the sacrifice and touch the four horns of the altar. And, and that was the atonement. That was a symbol of that atonement. It's symbolic to the power of salvation found in the sacrifice and how it atoned for sins. And you were spared from that fire yeah, in the altar of judgment, the fire that... All of us, we should have, people within their sin should have been judged for and burned up. Well, I was thinking about this. In 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 50, we read of Adonijah, who ran from King Solomon. And uh, he grabbed hold of the horns of the bronze altar. He grabbed hold of the horns in an attempt to have his life spared from, if you remember, his failed attempt to take the kingdom. Uh, Solomon ended up taking the kingdom, and he knew Solomon was going to go after him. So here's my thought. The emphasis on the four horns written here in verse 13 is to say that the world did not find that atonement for their sins. They did not grab hold of the horn of salvation. So what's left? The fire of judgment, just like the angel took and threw upon the world to announce the judgment, the trumpet judgments that are coming, that the fire of judgment is falling upon the world. And it's even with what we're going to see, what we've seen, the demonic spiritual calamity. This is God allowing this judgment. This is God allowing Satan to do these things as we saw last time. This is the Lord bringing judgment upon the world using these demons. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I was kind of crunching on this this week, trying to uh, uh, really look at the horns there. Well, let's go on to verse 14 now. Verse 14. John writes, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. All right, so God now, and I believe this is God commanding the sixth angel who holds the sixth trumpet to release the four uh, angels who are bound at the great river here. Now, some say these angels are the same that held back the wind we saw in cha- at the beginning of chapter 7. But I don't think they are. Because holy angels are not bound, right? These guys have to be released. So nowhere in scripture are angels bound, only who? Fallen angels. So these guys are demons. These angels, it says angels, four angels, but they're fallen angels. These guys are demons, What's interesting, in the Greek, there's a definite article like we see here, the. So it's like the four angels. It's like saying that. You can circle that. It's like these guys are this this special group of demon angels. In other words, this is the four. This is the four. And who knows? Maybe they're infamously known in heaven with the other angels. And I don't know exactly. We don't really know exactly. But what we do know that we'll see this in, in a moment in the next section. These guys are commanders of this huge demon army. Now, 
the four demons we read here are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the Euphrates is, is, is really this, one of the main rivers over there um, in, by Iran, Iraq, over there. And it was one of the four major rivers in, if you remember in Genesis, the Garden of Eden. Now, in verse 1 and 2 of this chapter, Satan released the demon locust that were in prison, do you remember? In the bottomless pit, right? Well, these guys, they were incarcerated here in, or somewhere around there, Euphrates there. Now, why is that? You want to know why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard. Dif- different commentators have different views in this. Again, you can study this. This is some of the hardest parts of Revelation here to study. Uh, one thing I read, and, and I kind of like this, uh, it could be this prison was, was, was you know, there in the Euphrates, somewhere there, this demon prison, because there, right, in that area where the Euphrates was and Garden of Eden and Genesis, the first sin was done. The first lie was told by Satan in Genesis 3. The first murder was committed, right, in Genesis when Cain uh, uh, killed his brother Abel. And it was around that area that the Tower of Babel was built where false religion first started. So there was a lot of wickedness and evil and stuff going on there. And perhaps, who knows, maybe these guys are part of, part of the instigators or being influencers there. So maybe God right there and then made this prison there, right there by the Euphrates. I don't know for sure. You can study it on your own. But that's, that's sort of what, what I, I got and, and is leaking out of me and I'm kind of thinking about here. Either way, we see this. The angel of the sixth trumpet releases four demon commanders. That's what these guys are. They're, they're high-level guys. They're, they're up there. They're going to command these armies we're going to see in the next section. But, but So the angel of the sixth trumpet, he's commanded, the voice comes out to release four demon commanders. So you remember last year when we were in, uh, studying the book of Daniel? You remember how there was that invisible war going on in, in Daniel chapter 10? Do you remember that, that there was a spiritual battle between demons and angels, and there's this high-ranking, the Prince of Persia guy, right? This lieutenant, this commander there. And we study about what was going on, and then the other angel, got, uh, I believe it was Gabriel, you know, uh, and got, tried to get Michael, and they had to fight this battle. And so we, we learned there, if you remember, Satan sets up high-ranking demons over areas, countries, governments to influence, to control countries. That's what we learned back in Daniel chapter 10. You can go back on our podcast or catch it on our YouTube channel, Daniel 10. But if you remember, we kind of got a little peek into this spiritual world and the spiritual battle that is going on. So I kind of think, well, maybe these four, these famous, infamous four, the Fab Four, no, not the Beatles, but, you know, these guys... That they maybe there was something they did and it was so bad, just like the, the, the other guys, the locust demons that were in the bottomless pit, right? That they were put and bound in prison here in the Euphrates for a while. Well, verse 15 now, we go on and it says, So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, 
the month, and the year were released to kill, look at this, a third of mankind. So the infamous four had been put away, and notice, been prepared. In other words, they've been bound, but, but God had another uh, a purpose for them, and that's his judgment. God was going to use them at this particular hour, this day, this month, this year, in the tribulation. Now, we're, remember, we're in the middle of the seven-year tribulation here. If just for this precise moment, and you know what for? Well, it tells us. They are to be freed, to be released, to kill a third of all human beings. Now, this is different from the fifth trumpet we saw last week. Remember, the fifth trumpet, the demon locusts, they were not allowed to kill, but just torment people, make them suffer, right? Give them a taste of hell. Well, these now, these commanders, these, these high-level demon angels, they were allowed to go all out and kill. So the demon commanders came out to kill one-third of the population of the earth. Isn't that crazy? One-third. They're allowed to go and kill here. In Revelation 6, you remember the fourth seal brought out the pale horse, right? The horse and the rider, pale horse. And, and if you remember when we were there, it brought out widespread death. One-quarter of the population had, had died with the pale horse. And I don't know if you remember, I, had, um, I took these numbers. You remember I mentioned there's 7.8 billion people on this planet. And then I kind of put out a, a generous number. Uh, let's say the rapture happens and there's a revival. And 20% of the world's population disappears. And so that's roughly 1.5 billion Christians are gone. No believers, right, on, on the earth at that moment. Tribulation saints, some people do come to get saved. But there's 6.3 billion people left to go on into the tribulation. Well, when the pale horse comes, one quarter of the world's population of that 6.3 billion dies. There's widespread death. Maybe it's a famine. Maybe it's a war from the other horses we saw. So 1.6 billion people to die. And I mentioned at that time in Revelation 6, that leaves 4.7 billion people left. Now, okay, after the pale horse. Well, then here comes these demon commanders, and they're allowed to kill one-third of that 4.7 billion. And you know what that means? 1.5 billion people die. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people by these supernatural demon beings that are out into the world. And you know what? That leaves 3.2 billion left on the world in the tribulation. You know what? That's less than half of what the world's population was before the rapture. This is crazy. This is horrific. This is horrible. What is going to happen? What we're reading here in this prophecy. More than half of the world's population will die at this point in the tribulation. Can you imagine the scene? Bodies everywhere. Not enough graves yeah, to put these bodies. Remember, remember those images? I cannot forget in New York during the pandemic, all the people were dying. They just made a big hole. They're dumping the bodies into it. Think about this now. Think about this. All these 1.5 billion people dying. 
I mean, think about, you can't bury them all. You, you, the body's rotting, the, the stink, the flies, the mass graves. You know what? No wonder in his commentary, Henry Morris wrote, The earth is about to undergo the most widespread destruction of wicked men in all its sad history. Never before will this be seen. So many people dying. Never before going to see these guys coming out. You know, just reading this moves my heart to ask you today, are you ready? Are you ready? Maybe you're connected online. Are you ready? I mean, if if I mean if you were to die today, what if maybe accidentally, maybe some sickness or something or something happens, would you go to heaven? Would you be with Jesus? Are you right with God today? Only those who believe in Jesus Christ and who he is, who, 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 who've received the provision of his atonement on the cross, who's covered by his blood, only those can go to heaven. Some say, oh, I'll wait till later, but how do you know there's going to be a later? How do you know? We never know these accidents. Yesterday on, on Maui Now on the news, right, they found that diver. Yeah, dead. You never know. You think, ah, oh, I'm going to die. I'll go catch fish or whatever, right? Something happens. You may be the fittest person. You, you, you may go all the time. And that one thing happens, that one time, and you cannot come back from dying. That's what this makes me think of. When I look ahead to the future here in the tribulation, you know what chances are that Many that you and I know today, they're going to be killed by demons if they don't receive Jesus Christ. Think about that. 1.5 billion, right? Other people have died in the, in the, 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 the other seal, the fourth seal, right? Think about that. So it's important today that you make a decision for Jesus Christ. It's important today that you receive Him. And you know what? I'm saying all this because God loves you. And that's what He desires. He does not desire you to be killed by these demons. He does not desire you to be part of that wild, widespread death of the pale horse. That's not what He desires. He loves you. His desire that no man, no person would perish. Paul is calling you today. Go to Jesus. Make right with God. Make right today. All right. Well, we see number one, the release of the commanders. Let's go to number two in our outline now, the rampage of evil creatures. The rampage of evil creatures. Now, uh, if you're taking notes, we're going to be covering verse 16 through 19 in this section. But let's first take a look at verse 16. Verse 16, it says, the number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard the number. So the next thing John learns and the next thing John sees is, is that this slaughter of, 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 of people on the earth, of these demon commanders, they're, gonna, they're not going to do it alone. They're going to have this demon army of mounted Troops. So these guys are mounted. Like John describing back then, warfare, they used horses, and horses were, were really used in battles back then. And so these guys are mounted now, these troops, this army now of demons. And the number 
he gives us what he heard. I think it was too much to, for John to count. So someone told them. Maybe it was the same voice. Maybe it was God who told them. But look at the number. It says twice 10,000 times 10,000. First of all, what's 10,000 times 10,000? What? 100. What? 100 million, right? Yeah, 100 million. And then you multiply that by 2. What is that? 200 million. So you see, 200 million deadly demons. I know you guys are afraid of your math, right? It's okay, use your phones. That's what I did. No. <laughs> so the horrible slaughters carried out by 200 million deadly demons. Crazy, isn't this? Now, some say this is a human army. Some say it's connected with the sixth bold judgment in Revelation 16 when the Euphrates, mentioned again, is dried up for the, quote, kings of the east. So some say, oh, it's, it's this eastern nations that are coming. Maybe Japan and China coming together and other India and all these troops coming in. And, and that's when we're heading toward the end when they come to fight the Antichrist and the big battle of Armageddon happens. So some say that. But for me, I'm looking at it different because uh, that's a sixth bold judgment. But we're here at the trumpet judgments. And the bold judgment happens after the trumpet judgments. Besides, um, China does, does have the largest army on the planet, but it's like 2.6 million, they say, soldiers they have, not 200 million. I mean, to me, if this demon commanders come out, these guys got to be demons in this army. 200 million demons. And to give you some perspective of that, the current population of the U.S. is 333 million people in our, our nation, in America. So think of the army of demons about the size of two-thirds of all the people in the U.S. That's crazy. That's a crazy amount of demons. Then John describes these demon troops. Now look at verse 17 through 19. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates, the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. And by these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. So John sees this massive army of demon riders and, and demonic creatures. Now, they are nothing like he's ever seen before. And so he, he describes it the best way he could, just like last week we talked about. The, the demon locusts, right? They're not, they weren't locusts. They weren't the tiny insects. They were like horses, he says. They're big as horses. Well, well, here's these demon riders, and the riders themselves wore these breastplates, like armor, right? Like vests of armor. And, and he says, you know what? They were colored. They were the color of fire. What's that? Burning red. They were the color of sapphire, which is like a dark, dark blue or, or more like a, a black, like smoke kind of color. And sulfur, which is yellow. 
and sulfurs that like suffocating, dangerous gas. Interesting to me that the Antichrist and a false prophet will be thrown one day into the lake of fire and sulfur in Revelation 19.20. So I like something that MacArthur writes. He said, those are the very colors and features of hell. I thought that was very interesting. And so these demon soldiers ride these evil creatures of death, really, bringing death. And so John describes them. He says they're, they're horse-like creatures. They, and they're, they're riding these horses. They're, they're like, like this horse, but they're different. How are they different? Well, their heads are like lions, like, like terrifying, violent, uh, uh, um, uh, scary-like. Their mouth now, out of their mouth spews out uh, three ways to kill the people of the earth. And this is what John calls the three plagues here in verse 18. Uh, and, and plagues many times in the Old Testament are, are really a way, a way of judgment, right? Plagues that come upon uh, uh, cities or when in Egypt, right? It was judgment that fell. And so John says there's three ways of this judgment. These the people are killed. One is with fire, so out of the, these horse-like, lion-faced creatures come fire, and they incinerate people. Secondly, smoke, kind of like going along with the vest, uh, uh, the armor plating of the riders, uh, comes smoke. Maybe the smoke, they suffocate people. And then sulfur. Maybe people are, are totally poisoned or, or even liquefied, right? You can take sulfur and make them into like an acid, an acidy thing. It sort of reminds me of the judgment of sulfur and fire we see in Genesis 19 when that fell on Sodom and, and Gomorrah, the judgment there. But that's not the only thing. Not only that, these horses, they wound people with their tails, and their tails were like serpent heads, snake heads. Maybe they had fangs. Maybe it would bite people. Maybe it was venomous. Maybe it poisoned them. They died. Maybe it paralyzed people. I don't know exactly. But what we see is this horde of vicious demon troops. With this horde of vicious demon troops, the world literally experiences, you know what, hell on earth. That's what's going on here. This is what's putting out here. Now, it's hard to imagine this, but remember I talked about last week with the locust demons, right? Um, it, it's hard. This has never been seen before, but John, an uh, ancient man in this time, did his best to describe these demons, right? Uh, and, and like I said last week with the demon locust, I don't know, it's kind of like we see strange things in our movies today, right? With the aliens and, and monsters and all these things these guys are creative enough to, you know, put out. I, I was thinking, oh, maybe they saw a demon and that's what they're doing. No, I don't know, yeah. But this is crazy. So John, in his best ways, is, is trying to describe these guys. And, and, and it's so crazy. Can you imagine the leaders of governments and military heads getting together to try and plan on uh, what do we do with this rampage of, of evil creatures? I mean, they, they couldn't, yeah? They, they're powerless. And then in the aftermath, maybe like we saw with the first four trumpets, they put together, like in the first calamities, that exactly one-third of people are, are, have died. 
Like, remember, one-third of trees and burned up, one-third of sea life, ships destroyed, fresh water was poisoned, one-third of the light from the sun and moon and stars are dim, and and now exactly one-third of the population of the earth has been killed. So this isn't some alien invasion, but these are demons that God allowed, that released to the earth, and God controlled them. And I think perhaps that's part of the witness of God showing, look, I'm, I'm behind this. This is judgment. I'm allowing this. This is judgment falling on the world. It's not some haphazard, some sort of alien race that has come to destroy the planet. No, it was, it's calculated. And with all of these trumpets, it's saying one thing, that God is real. And you know what? In these two trumpets, the fifth and sixth trumpet, it's saying Satan and demons are real. I know it's hard to understand on this. It's hard to grasp this last, or, or this chapter, this whole chapter with these demon beings and all these evil creatures, the rampage. But we know Satan and the demons are real. What was behind the scenes now, the spiritual battle comes to be seen by everyone in the world at this point. Everyone can see it. The spiritual comes to the physical world. The spiritual, as I said last week, the supernatural meshes with the physical. And now everyone experiences and sees that whole evil demons are for real. And we know that, don't we? We understand that as believers, that there is a spiritual battle going on behind the scenes. Turn over to the left to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Paul writes of this. And this is a classic passage where we are to put on a whole armor of God. But I want to put this in front of your eyes. I could just quote it, but I want you to see it in front of your eyes in the Bibles in your hands or your phones that have the word on them. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, let's back up to verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 here, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places or in the spiritual realm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. It's real. The battle is real. The spiritual uh, battle that's going on behind the scenes that we can't see physically is real. And you know, when the the fifth and sixth trumpet blows, it's going to all come out. And people are going to see how real that is and, and how hellish and evil Satan and his demons are. And that demons are out to destroy you. As I said last week, I know this is not the most pleasant subject to talk about, right? Yeah. Remember I mentioned, oh, someone asked you, oh, what did you talk about in church? Oh, demons, hell, Satan. Yeah, they might say to you, what? What kind of church is that? Talking about that again, the second second time here, you know? 
But it's where we are at in the Word, isn't it? And we know the reality of this. And we need to understand the reality of what is going to come. As God allows these creatures and these fallen angels to do these things, to kill more people, one-third of the population. But know this, God is still in control. Amen? The Lord is sovereign. He, they cannot do anything in Him. Maybe you've come here today and you've been going through a spiritual battle. I mean, it's been really bad. The war has been really heavy in your life. Maybe the, a lot of things been going on. Maybe you felt that oppression like I talked about last week. The, you know, just this heaviness. Maybe there's this depression you, you have. You like wake up and you're like depressed. And you think about, why? I mean, things are okay. I'm doing good. I, I'm, God's been blessing me. And then you feel so depressed for no reason. Maybe you feel discouragement. Maybe you feel like at every turn there's battles and battles and you keep hitting different battles and battles. But know this, God is in control. God is greater. Put on the whole armor of God. Stand in faith. Hold, hold that, the, the, the sword. Yeah. Put on that armor and know no weapon that is fashioned against you shall not succeed. Isaiah 54, 17. Keep fighting. Keep going. God is greater. But understand, the spiritual battle is real. So watch out. Be equipped. Put on that armor. All right. Well, let's go on to number three now. Our last heading, the resistance to repentance. So now we've been introduced to these 200 million deadly demons. We see the release of the commanders, the rampage of these evil creatures killing one-third of the population. But now we get a little glimpse of the aftermath. There's a resistance to repentance. Verse 20 and 21 here. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorcerers Sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. So God allowed the world to see what's behind the curtain, so to speak. He exposed these evil demons and their real agenda, right, to kill and destroy. Or the last trumpet, right, uh, the fifth trumpet, to torment, to make people suffer, right? That, that's the devil, that's his agenda, that's the demons. Yet now, we see here, those who are left alive... And I would add those who didn't believe in Christ, because they believe the ones who were tribulation saints, or even the 144,000, those who are still alive that, that, that are believers, they were not touched. But those who are alive who did not believe in Jesus, what a sad comment. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent. They didn't repent of their sins. How sad. Is that after all this was going on, seeing the spiritual open up, come into the physical, see what the Satan and demons are really about, they did not repent of their sins. John writes here, they did not repent of the works of their 
hands. It speaks of how they, they set up idols in their life. They manufacture like idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, or wood. And he makes a comment, which is the same as Psalm 135, that says they, they can't see, they can't hear. In other words, they're not alive. They're not, they're not real. But they still held on to those idols. And notice... It says here that even after the demon attack, they continued worshiping demons in verse 20. What is, what is that? They still rejected God. They did not give up maybe their occult practices, their, their seances, their readings, their tarot cards, or seeking spirits for answers of what's going on. They, they didn't see. They're still blinded and did they, because they did not want to believe in God and Jesus. And I think this even includes like false religions and atheism, evolution, beliefs that, that are, are, are kind of put together. I, I've met people who like kind of took a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and put it all together and said, well, this, this is what I believe. Made their own truth, basically. And they continued to hold on to Idols, yeah? I mean, think about it. When, when, when he mentions your gold, right? Silver, bronze, stone, or wood. I mean, material things. Money, yeah? Possessions that aren't really alive, nor can they really help. And all of this, really, coming back to they continue to worship demons, that's what it really is, isn't it? And... Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.20, behind the idols are really demons who set them up. Paul writes, what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. So, in a shocking resistance to repentance, and this is our last point, sadly the world will harden their heart more even after facing the reality of deadly demons. That's how far many in the world in general have gone. That's how hard-hearted they've become. That's how, how much they reject God and, and have blinded themselves, bought into the lie of Satan, deceiving this world. The world will harden their heart more even after facing the reality of deadly demons. They shouldn't be, right? When we go through things, trials, what does it do? It, normally, it makes us go run to God, right? When things happen out of our control, we go to the one who is in control, God. That's what it should be. But so many people, even to this day, now harden their hearts. They, they chose not to believe in Jesus. They chose not to believe in God. And they only get harder and harder and harder. But it should be the other way. Back in uh, 1989, a 6.9 earthquake hit San Francisco. Nine people were killed, hundreds injured. injured. Both the Bay Bridge and the Nimitz Freeway partially collapsed on top of cars. I remember seeing the news of that going, whoa. After the earthquake, many were heard saying things like, I'll never take life lightly again. Others were saying, this taught me a lot. And they said, I see now what is really important. That's the response. That, that should lead us to Jesus. And let me ask you today, is your world falling apart? Are you going through some things? This, this is going to make you do one of two things. Turn to God or turn away from God. And I hope you're not turning away from God because the more you do that, 
The more you sear your conscience, the more you harden your heart, the more harder it's going to get. And you may end up like these guys here in, in the tribulation. Do you understand in these two trumpets, the fifth and sixth, the one we're seeing today, that there is evil going on behind the scenes? I hope your eyes are being opened to that. The Satan, demons, they want to draw you away from the truth of God and the truth of the Word. They want to fool you into thinking, ah, you don't need God. Right? Ah, the Bible, ah. What was the first lie? Of Satan, remember I mentioned? What, what, what did he say? Did God really say that? God didn't say that. No. Right? You can eat of the tree of the garden. No, to God, nah. God did not say that. And ever since then, he's been lying. He's been lying to us, trying to pull us away from God, trying to keep us away from Jesus, trying to keep us from maybe you grew up in the church, trying to keep us from what? The truth that your parents taught you in Jesus Christ. Be aware. Listen today. Don't, don't be caught up in that scam, right? You know what's crazy nowadays? Um, I don't know about you. I've been getting like spam texts. Have you guys been getting that? Like, I, I feel so violated, right? It's one thing your email, yeah? And then we had to deal with telemarketers, and now we, I have a, a special bl- thing that blocks numbers. But now they're sneaking through on my texts. I feel so violated. But you can tell. I'm like, you know, block and then delete, that's Satan trying to worm his way into your life today, Christian or not. So watch out. Watch out. Because he comes in with this deception, saying, ah, no, it's okay. Ah, I'm your friend. Ah, here's what's good. But it's not. I'll close with this. Way back in 1982, Argentina and and Britain battled each other for the Falkland Islands. Uh, during the war, they call it the Falkland War, that lasted 10 weeks, a British destroyer, the HMS Sheffield, was sunk by a single missile fired from an Argentine fighter jet. It came like this total shock to Britain, to their military, because the Sheffield carried the most advanced radar technology, and it shouldn't have happened. Well, the investigation into the incident revealed that the ship did pick up the incoming missile, and, that, and the radar, the advanced radar system, had correctly identified this missile as a French-made, they called it the Exocet. But the problem is the computer had been programmed to ignore the Exocet because it labeled that type of missile as friendly. So the ship saw it, the radar saw it, it came in, and the computer's like, oh, no, that one, that's okay. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It snuck in. And so, sadly, the, the Sheffield was sunk by a missile she saw coming and could have evaded. But the Sheffield, the boat, was sunk. Let's not be taken in like that. Let's not be fooled today thinking, like, 
uh, societies and uh, 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 or, th- or thinking these religions or what the society is thinking is, is friendly at all. Let's not think about that. Notice here, I'm going to back up a little bit, I just realized, that they were worshiping demons, idol, and gold. And verse 21, nor did they repent of murders. Like, that's okay. Remember, people are killing each other, right? They're giving into violence. Sorceries, right? Sorceries. Uh, Another, the Greek word for that is pharmakia. And so the thought is perhaps, uh, it's talking about drugs, where we get our word pharmacy. The world today is accepting more and more. Oh, oh, it's okay to get high. It's okay, right, for drugs. Sexual immorality, the word immorality in verse 21 is uh, uh, pornea, where we get our word pornography. And look at the world today. It's just getting more and more open to that. And thefts. One one, uh, pastor said these are the four big sins. Don't be fooled by Satan as he's fooling the world today that whatever society's thinking is okay. That this is friendly, it's all right, that it's okay. Because they'll only lead you away from the truth of Jesus. And it's not for your good. All right. So the world will experience all of this we see in chapter 9 one day. They will experience what we saw today, the 200 million deadly demons. Let's pray. Lord, uh, as we close up here and before we worship you, Jesus, as we close in a song before that, God, we just want to lay our hearts before you and ask, God, that you would lead us, God, back to you. That with your word, God, and the truth that we have seen and and their spirit speaking to us, that we would come to you, God, that we would lay aside, Lord, any false thinking, any deception of Satan. And Lord, I pray for those who have been distracted by all this and are slowly, little by little, being led away from you. I pray, God, that today would be the day that people return to you. That today would be the day that people are saved, Lord. And I pray for those who are not saved and have not accepted you, that right now that they would just pray a prayer, that they would receive you into their heart, that they would give you their lives, that they would see and believe that you are Lord God and that you died on the cross and that you would forgive them of their sins. Lord, I pray that Every one of us here would realize the reality of the spiritual battle and be cautious, be on guard, that we'd put on the armor of God, Lord, every day. And Lord, that you would stir our hearts up to share Jesus with the others as we know this day is coming when so many people will be dying without you. So, Lord, Help us, inspire us, stir a fire in us, God. Lord, we want to live for you with everything we have. And may we leave here with that in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.